Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. And welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could be with us as well. We're excited to welcome back best-selling author Jane Healy to our program today. Jane is celebrating a brand-new book. I was just telling her, Just in Time for Women's History Month. It's a great book, not only, of course, about what women are able to achieve, but also the importance of putting oneself first, not forgetting your own happiness, and opening up to adventures that can be right around the corner for us. Her characters definitely do that in the new book called Good Night from Paris. We'll talk to Jane not only about the new book, but what it's been like for her to share these new characters with the world. Jane, thank you so much again for the time. Really do appreciate you stopping back by. Oh, thank you for having me back, Cyrus. You're so wonderful, and you're such a great supporter of the literary community. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and that makes me feel good. And hey, look, thanks to authors like you, Jane, my job is a whole lot easier <laughs> because I think the thing is, and the thing I love about historical uh, fiction is that it, it does allow us to be able to explore something that may be different for us with characters that are familiar to us. Is that kind of what you've been hearing from readers of your books, especially when it comes to the new release, Jane? Yes, I think I think that's true, and I think it, it – it is an accessible form of learning history. I think that that's one thing that, I've, you know, I had my launch party last night. The book came out on Tuesday, and, and people were talking about how they love reading historical fiction because it's entertaining, but they also learn an aspect of history that they might not have known about before. Yeah, that is it. So take us back then, Jane. When did you realize that historical fiction was something that was a passion of yours? You know, I've always loved historical fiction. It's funny, I, I'm uh, William Martin's a best-selling historical fiction author in Boston, and I saw him speak in when I was in high school. I won't even tell you how long ago that was, but um, and he he's a friend now, and I, I remember seeing him speak. And he his first book was Back Bay, which is you know you know Boston historical fiction, and I remember thinking, oh, I would love to be able to do that. So, um, and I also love writing historical fiction because. I love history, and I, I like using history as a jumping-off point, whether it's a historical event, his, uh, people in history, as a jumping-off point for the narrative. Yeah. And with these new characters that you've been able to give us, I was saying to you before we went live that the thing that was interesting for me is that we're able to see women – being able to explore their own lives, you know, be able to, to pursue their own careers, but also deal with their own challenges. I mean, we, we see those in characters like Drew and Dorothy. What was kind of the, the spark for this particular book? Jane, how did it come about? So the spark for this book, this was um, – so this one is a little bit different for me because Drew Layton was, in a, was a real person in history. So this is biographical fiction, and um, mm-hmm. she was an American actress in the 1930s. She was best known for the Charlie Chan movies, actually. And, mm-hmm. um, and she left Hollywood behind to marry the lover of her life, Jacques, and moved to Paris in 1938, just before the war was starting. Um, and the spark for this, though, was I, when I was researching my last novel, The Secret Stealers, I came across this um, this incident that happened that I was unaware of. After Pearl Harbor, the, um, the Germans rounded up a number of American expatriate women that were living in and around Paris. They rounded them up and arrested them 
um, and they said it was in retaliation for what was going on in America, that the Americans were arresting German women, which was, of course, a lie. But uh, So they arrested all these American women, put them on buses, and took them to a zoo outside of Paris where they imprisoned them in the monkey house. And one of these women was Drew. And I... And she was there with a number of other um, fairly well, some of them fairly well-known um, Americans, including Sylvia Beach, uh, the owner of Shakespeare and Company, the iconic bookstore in Paris. And so I, that was, when I read about that, I read it in a couple different sources researching the Secret Stealers. And then I was like, who is this American actress? Because she had this kind of stranger-than-fiction life during the war. Um, you know, like you said, she went through a lot of challenges. She ended up being part of the underground network, um, rescuing allied flyers and getting them outside, outside of occupied territory. Um, and I just, the more I dug into her life, the more I was like, I cannot believe I, I've never heard of her story before. And I, I, that, that's always kind of, you know, I get that, like writers, you get that feel, that sort of spark of excitement. Like, I can't believe no one's talked about her. I don't, I can't believe no one's written about her. I, I have to try to write about her. Wow. And, and I think that is what makes this book so interesting because I think uh, when I first was uh, was was pitched the book, Jane, I wasn't really sure what to expect. But what I thought was really interesting knowing your other work is that I knew it was going to be more than, than, than meets the eye in that it's more than just, you know, these, these women, uh, especially as main characters, who – or almost secondary to the story. This really shows the impact and the power that women have been able to have over the years and the impact they've been able to make. Is that also one of the things you enjoy doing when it comes to to writing, especially historical fiction, and telling stories like this, even as you mentioned, uh, with real, real individuals and their real-life impact? Uh, it is, and, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I love writing about lesser known women in history. And I think we're in a wonderful time now where there's a lot of nonfiction, a lot of fiction about lesser known stories of women in history, but there's still so many more. That's the thing. Like you keep, there's still more to be found. And it's, it's really amazing to be able to bring them to light and really dig into what happened and what they were experiencing. That a lot of them were incredibly brave, but they were, you know, they operated kind of in the shadows of the war. You know, they weren't on the front lines, they weren't in the military, but they were doing other things to contribute to the war effort that were extraordinarily brave and courageous. There is that scene that you write about in Chapter 29 of the book, uh, and I will ask you about what it was like for you kind of to get into Drew's skin, literally, with this um, book, Jane. But you you talk about the Drew in the scene uh, with 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 Jean, and and I, I, is it pronounced Elise? Is that right? Um, yes, Elise. Yep. Yeah, and so and you know basically you know checking on on Drew, but also of course concerned about her and her situation. Talk to us about that. What was that like for you because of the way the book is written, to kind of slip into Drew's skin and to experience this along with her? Oh, yes. Thank you. So this is told in the first person, and it's a great question because I was, you know, I, I've written my books in the first person, and I was, you know, I really debated with this one because she was a real person in history, for one, and I wanted to make sure I captured her voice and her who she was as closely as possible. But um, but I, I and I, I was like, oh, you know, am I being lazy? Should I challenge myself? Should I write it from a different perspective? But what I've found with my readers is they say like they love reading it books in the first person because it puts them right there in the story. So for yeah. Drew, I, I she um actually had a small 
autobiography that she wrote right after the war. It's, um, it was published in around 1946, and it's out of print, but I found it on eBay from a, a seller in the UK. Oh, wow. And that, it, yeah, really cool. And it was, it, it was really small, but it gave me, it definitely gave me a sense of her voice and kind of a, a map, you know, a, a roadmap in terms of timeline of events. And that was amazing. And then also the um, Holocaust Museum in D.C. has um, an archive of her letters, um, the Tar- Tartier family letters. Jacques Tartier was her husband. And, um, and you know, just seeing her writing and her letters, that also gave me a really sense of, like, who she was and her personality and her, her fierceness and um, you know, so that, those, you know, those two were the, like the, the biggest sources. There were, you know, lots of others, newspaper articles, different things, but those, the letters and the autobiography really, really helped me kind of understand who she was and shape her voice in the novel. Wow. Did that make it, um, how can I ask this question? Did, well, did it, did it make you feel more connected to Drew? Uh, Jane, than you had other characters you'd written? Because she was a real person, do you mean? Or? Right. Yeah, yeah, it did. And, and and also, Cyrus, I was like, because she was a real person too, I, I was really cognizant of honoring her, you know, and, and honoring her story. And as a matter of fact, I, I when I had kind of almost finished the draft, I – and like you know, I know she's got to have some family out there, and I want that. I want to kind of give them the heads up that this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm working on, and mm-hmm. um, so I was able to contact her grandson and her granddaughter through Ancestry.com, as a matter of fact, which is amazing, and wow. um, yeah, and so and they were they were they've been amazingly supportive. In fact, um, her her granddaughter Tracy just sent me Drew's scrapbooks. Um, she's in California. She she was generous enough to mail them so that I can scan them and use them for presentations and things, like all these amazing pictures of her days in Hollywood um, and after Hollywood. And, yeah, so that, so that was, I, I you know, it was really important that I respect and honor the fact that this is a real person and, her, you know, her life story. I wanted to get it right and her get her voice as, as close as possible to the real person. Jane, the other thing that struck me about uh, Drew in reading it in Good Night from Paris is the selflessness. Not something you would typically expect from someone who's in the entertainment <laughs> from the entertainment industry. You know, it's you know, yes. we, we especially looking at it today, right, we look at the industry and we think, okay, it's more about them and what they can get. It was so fascinating to me, so I definitely wanted to ask you, even considering everything that Drew was going through in Good Night from Paris when she was in a position to do something for someone else, she wanted to take advantage of that. Talk to us about what that was like for you to, in the world that she was living in with the times and the stakes being as high as they were, to be able to, to see that about her. Yeah, that was really extraordinary to me, too. I, 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 and I often ask myself the question, like, would I have been as brave? So, you know, when yeah. she, she was imprisoned and then she got out of prison and was – she had actually had to fake cancer to to get out of prison, and she was, you know, kind of convalescing, recovering from that whole experience. And shortly after that, um, Allied flyers started, um, you know, being par- parachuting out into occupied France near her home, or sometimes they were shot out of the sky. And the villagers knew she sp- spoke English, and they would come to her and say, we need help. We, we have this, you know, we have this a flyer in an apple tree out in our orchard and we don't know what to do with him and we need to hide him. Can you help us? Can you translate for us? And, and I think that, it, you know, 
I don't know what I would do, but I think that she just felt like called to duty, you know, and, and yeah. they were, they were so weary of war in France and they were so appreciative of the Americans and Canadians and British flyers who were trying to help them win the war that um, I felt that she, she, I felt like she just had, she felt like it wasn't a choice. She had to do something to help the war effort. And this was something that she could do literally in her own backyard. Such a great point, and I think that's I, I, you actually took exactly where I was going with that because that's my thing. It's like, would I have the courage? Would any of us have the courage? We'd like to think that we would, <laughs> but <Right. laughs> when you're when you actually are in it, it, you know, to actually see someone do it, you know, and I think that's really what separates people. So, talk to us about Dorothy Thompson. Talk, what was it like for you to be able to to share Dorothy's story in all of this? So thank you for asking about Dorothy. So she is another woman in history that once I kind of started digging, I was like, I cannot believe that she has not is not more recognized for her efforts. So um, to back up in the story, when Jack goes off to war, um, Drew doesn't know what to do with her life. Like she can't get any acting jobs in France really at the time. And um, she's offered to this job as essentially the voice of America, the first voice of America in in on the continent of Europe, broadcasting news to America about what was really going on on the continent with the war. And so that, when I did the research, that aspect of her life, that kind of era was a black box. There's not, all those recordings have been destroyed from what I could find. Um, and so, but I knew who she had interviewed, some of the people she had interviewed. And she had interviewed the amazing Josephine Baker, the African-American entertainer who had moved over there, who was still yeah. revered in Paris, and um, Dorothy Thompson, who was uh, this international journalist, female journalist from America, when at the time when there weren't that many female journalists, and she was, in the early 1930s, she was one of the only American journalists to ever interview Hitler, and she interviewed him, um, I think it was like 1933, 34, and she saw what was coming. She, it was, uh, she had like such a, 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 a a good sense of what was happening in Europe, what was happening in Germany. And she was started sounding the alarm bells in America very early on. And she was such a force. Her writing was amazing. And so in that, like in that era with Drew, where it was a black box, I, I knew that Drew started broadcasting and I knew she was broadcasting enough to anger the Germans to the point that they put a bounty on her head and threatened to execute her. So I'm like, Dorothy Thompson's, had to have played a role in this because they kicked her out of Germany and also put a bounty on her head. So I'm like, I'm, I have to include her as a character. And, and some of the, her, some of her discussions with Drew and some of the pieces, pieces of the story are, um, are taken from my research of, of her writings and her interviews. Um, she was just a force of nature and it was really, um, I, I loved writing about her. And as I said, there, there needs to be more recognition of her as well. And Josephine, Josephine Baker is another one I, who I just love. Yeah, yeah, and, and that again is why I think uh, readers turn to to authors like yourself, Jane, because again, I knew nothing about any of these people to be quite honest with you before. Really? Before. Oh, wow. okay. No, no, I, I I did not. I had never never heard of Drew Layton before, never heard of Dorothy Thompson before, and so it. I did, of course, Google after you know after I got into the book, and I'm like, okay. You know, knowing you know about your writing and you know without knowing the backstory that you just shared here, so I'm like, oh, these are these were actually real people. Is that part of what you hope happens too? That people enjoy the story, but then want to know more as well. 
Yes, that is the the best compliment. Thank you for doing that. I I love that when I you know I was talking last night to to some reader book club friends and they're like, and I had to Google and I had to find more pictures of these people and oh my gosh and I had to find her the picture of her husband. He was so handsome, you know, like all these different things. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the best. And actually, the other thing I want to mention at the end of the story because Drew was a real person in history. My author's notes are very, very detailed. They're like 10 pages long because I want people to understand like that a lot of the characters in the story were real people, including Drew, of course, and, and what I had to do to create a fictional narrative, what, where, where, where the fact and fiction um, lie in the story. Yeah. You, to that point, uh, I want to actually mention something that you said, and, and that was to your, your fellow uh, authors in the author community and what what has that been like for you in this what can be a very lonely place uh, as a storyteller um, until you're in situations where the book is out where everyone gets to enjoy it. what has it been like for you to have that that type of tribe when it comes to the writing community oh my god I'm so glad you asked this question because you know I've been doing this now for seven years and I really didn't know what to expect in terms of meeting other authors, some of whom I admire so much and have for for years and years. And I have to tell you, one of the biggest blessings of this career is how amazingly supportive um, authors are of one another. I think it's we all understand how hard this industry is, how hard we have to work at it, and everyone really works hard to lift each other up. And I, this week, I said to my husband last night, I'm like, you know, you just re- you reminded how amazingly kind and supportive and generous people can be, and especially the author community. It's just incredible. Yeah. Well, it's a great book, Jane, and another great conversation with you, and I'm so glad we had a chance to have it with our audience. Again, everyone, Jane Healy has been our guest. The new book is Good Night from Paris. It is out now, so you heard her say. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com. You guys know it is National eBook Week, so you can also get the Kindle edition on Amazon, but also it's available to your favorite local bookstore as well. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. And Jane, how can our audience stay connected with you? Um, you know, I'm at, on social media at Jane at Healy Jane is on Instagram and on Twitter, and um, I'm also on Facebook. And on my website, JaneHealy.com, uh, you can sign up for my newsletter for virtual and in-person events, and all my contact info, information is is there. My email, everything else. I'm pretty open book with that stuff, so um, so people can find me there as well. Awesome. Well, Jane, great conversation. Thank you again for the time. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to speaking with you again. Cyrus, you're the best. Thank you for all your support. And like I said, you're you're just so wonderful to the writing community. Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that for sure. And definitely want to thank our mutual friend, Anne-Marie of Good Red PR, for setting up this chat with us for today. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. And let's go make today amazing. Take care. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.